Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. The Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode eight of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm Sarah. Today we will be discussing chapter eight of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, The Potions Master. So make sure you've read the chapter and you're ready to dive into all the details. But before we begin, let's go to Megan for the weekly profit. I just have a question. Who's the Potions Master? I guess we'll find out now, won't we? Just be a little patient. So (laughs) the weekly profit. We have some super exciting news for... Thankfully, our U.S. fans and our U.K. fans, because there is this awesome new exhibit Mm. coming to the British Library. Can we please all go? Of course. I wish. I'm busy that day. Um, So there's this... (laughs) There's this really awesome exhibit coming that is going to be called A Journey Through a History of Magic, and it's all about this... What is your problem? (laughs) We don't have the time. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're going to learn all about different artifacts that includes unseen sketches, manuscript manuscript pages from J.K. Rowling, also illustrations from Jim Kay, who is the illustrator of the illustrated Harry Potter books that are coming out yearly, which the third one comes out very I soon. Cannot, yeah. October, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do have a question, and yeah. kill me if I'm wrong, but... It went drastic. So they're coming out with Fantastic Beast ones as well, correct? Illustrated, yes. Is he illustrating oh, no. or someone else? You I didn't know, know that. that. Yeah. Different, different illustrator. And different illustrator. Yeah, but they're beautiful. Okay. I posted them on our Facebook page, Tiffany. I know stuff. <laughs> it was a long time ago. It's okay. okay. Um, so <laughs> anyway, there's this really awesome exhibit coming. I believe that it opens in the UK October 20th. But anyway, along with that, there is a book that's being released called Harry Potter, A Journey Through a History of Magic. And it's going to be kind of like a companion book to this exhibit so that people in the U.S., because it's being released both in the U.K. and the U.S. simultaneously, so we can see what's going to come because they also just announced that A Journey Through a History of Magic is coming to New York next October. Let's go. I actually asked Marty, I said, can we go to New York? And he was like, sure. 
Yeah. I'm taking I that as yes. Do you need someone to watch you guys while you're there, aka me, <laughs> to just make sure you guys get along safe? Well, I, I gotta mean, figure where I'll be going. That'll be our oh, second all year going. anniversary match. Oh, so, so I'll be the fifth oh. wheel. Yeah. What yeah. better way? <laughs> That's a hard yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, this really cool exhibit's coming. Um, it opens soon in the UK. A book is coming out, and then it's coming to the US next year. So. Wait, book in October, too, right? Yes. Isn't book. that two? But we get two books this October, if you think about it. The two. illustrated. The illustrated, oh, yeah. and, then the, and then the magic. I haven't pre ordered that yet, but I pre ordered the. Um, I'm not gonna, oh, I did. I'm not going to pre order. I figure. No, if you do it on Amazon, they it's will give it for you cheaper. the cheapest price. Yeah. How much is it? It's like 40 bucks without <gasps> any discount. But if you like no, right I now, pre, I pre-ordered it for like twenty four. I know that's on what I'm Amazon. saying. If you order it now on Amazon, you get it. Like, say you do it now and it drops down to like eighteen. By the time you pre-ordered it to like the di- date it comes out, you get the lowest price. Yep, mm. it's, a, it's an Amazon guarantee. It's awesome. It's been in my cart for like ages because I'm like, nah, I don't need to pre-order it yet. Okay, so that is the weekly profit. All right, <clears throat> little disclaimer: I am fighting a cold, so please excuse my nasally voice. But our recap for the last episode, we entered Hogwarts for the very first time. We learned about the four houses. We heard the Sorting Hat song. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> Sung beautifully by Mike. <laughs> we delve into Neville's character a little more. Um, Harry's scar hurt for the first time. We had, a lovely, we had a lovely round of the Hogwarts school song sung by your four favorite nerds here at Swish and Flick. And we met Peeves and talked about the common rooms. But now we're on to chapter eight, the potions master. Dun dun dun. Mm. Who could it be? My guess I is don't know. Me. <laughs> Personally, I think the potions master is Filch. <laughs> Shout he out to Squibs. He, he wouldn't be making what? any powerful potions <laughs> over there. Okay, so it's Harry and Company's first week of classes. Between moving staircases, peeves, doors that aren't actually doors, they find it it can be difficult to get to class on time and not get lost. We meet Filch, the caretaker, and his cat, Mrs. Norris, who both love to catch kids doing something wrong, and they both know all of the secret passages in the school to, in order to catch them. Harry realizes that, <clears throat> that magic is more than just waving his wand and saying words, and his fear is that he's going to be way behind the other students, and that's unfounded because they're all in the same boat as each other. They have a lot to learn in each of their classes. Herbology with Miss. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Professor Herbology with Professor Sprout History of Magic with Professor Binns The Ghost Charms with Professor Flitwick Shout out to Ravenclaws Oh, something just popped up (laughs) (laughs) Transfiguration with Professor McGonagall Defense Against the Dark Arts with Professor Quirrell And Potions with Professor Snape Shout out to Slytherins Mm. Hey that Sarah, Friday, you're a Slytherin. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it depends on the day. <laughs> that Friday, the first year Gryffindors and Slytherins have double potions with Snape, and that morning Harry got a letter from Hagrid to meet him in his hut that afternoon. Harry and Ron have a horrible experience meeting Snape, where he asks Harry all types of questions and talks down to him because he didn't know the answer and calls him a celebrity. Neville makes a big mistake in his po in his with his potion and is taken to the hospital wing and Snape takes points away from both Harry and um, Neville and the Gryffindors. Harry and Ron try not to dwell on that on Snape and his hatred of Harry while they, um, Oh my God. I can't, can't, what I wrote makes no sense. Go. Harry and Ron try not to dwell 
on Snape and his hatred of Harry while they go and visit with Hagrid. And while they're there, they read that there was a break in at Gringotts. Harry makes a connection to the fact that the same day that the uh, vault was broken into, he and Hagrid were there <laughs> emptying a vault. When he asks Hagrid about it, he seems that, um, that he wasn't 100% truthful with them. And ha- Harry seems to wonder, what's in Hagrid's pockets? <laughs> <laughs> is that what he's wondering? <clears throat> but he is questioning. <laughs> All right. All right. So we start the chapter with Harry being an instant celebrity. There's whispers following him everywhere he goes from the moment he leaves his dormitory. There's kids saying, did you Harry see Potter. his face? Harry Potter. Did you see his scar? <laughs> There's kids in the hallway standing on their tiptoes, doubling back just to get a look at him. Um, and we thought it'd be really interesting to talk about the quirks of Hogwarts, because this is really the first time we get to explore the inside. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to read what it says, because I thought it was really cool. So it says, there were 142 staircases at Hogwarts, wide sweeping ones, narrow rickety ones, some that led somewhere different on a Friday, some with a vanishing step halfway up that you had to remember to jump. I would fall every time. (laughs) There were doors that wouldn't open unless you asked politely or tickled them in exactly the right place, and doors that weren't really doors at all, but solid walls just pretending. It was also very hard to remember where anything was, because it all seemed to move around a lot. The people in the portraits kept visiting each other, and Harry was sure the coats of armor could walk. And we even learn about the ghosts, too. You know, if they glide into you, it feels like a bucket of water splashes yeah. over you. And Yes, Meg. Um, so you're talking about, like, the quirks of Hogwarts and everything. And it makes me realize, like, when else do we really see... I mean, besides, like, the Room of Requirement in later books... I feel like she doesn't play to that enough sometimes the in the book. You the, know? <clears throat> the step plays a big part. True. The step the um, step where he falls into the step and can't mm-hmm. get out. She's probably saying this to be like, I'm going to use these quirks in later books. Like, you know when you watch a movie mm-hmm. or, or not a movie, but like a television show and at the beginning it's like, on previous episodes, they bring up things mm-hmm. that you saw or learned in earlier episodes because mm-hmm. they're going to be relevant now. So she's probably going, well, I'm just going to say all this <laughs> stuff. Second bit bits and pieces and be like, well, this is a magical yeah. castle. And we we always encounter portraits. Yeah. Um, yeah even with maybe like Sir Cadogan later. Saying, yeah. Like, maybe if you're, I mean, if you're thinking about like we don't see suits of armor see moving again until seven yeah. in the yeah. battle. Yeah. So I get what you're saying. Like she's adding all these things and then they're kind of thrown by the wayside a little bit. Yeah. To go, but she's diving more into Harry's story rather than. What Hogwarts, Hogwarts is, is like. I guess How? it's not as important. I just want it to be important because that's like no, my I get you. parts of the book whenever we, they're just like at school. Yeah. yeah. And wearing robes and whatever the movie kills me every time where I see them not wearing robes. Mm. But like... Think of how cool it would be, like, if she had a book just on, like, the castle. Like, being that could, yeah. if you think about it, it's yeah. probably its own personality. And it is. Yeah. So, like, have that, write a Hogwarts book, not just Hogwarts history. Just be like, Hogwarts, I'm here. Ho- yeah. <laughs> Pottermore just released a cool thing where you can go through Hogwarts. True oh, yeah. I mean, but just see how this sets the tone for Hogwarts. Do you not yeah. immediately just fall in love with this place? Yeah, As don't. if you didn't before when, like, you have this grand reveal of them over, the, you know, in the boats and they see this castle and you picture it in your mind. Now you're seeing the inside with all these fun little quirky things and you're like, I, I want to forget to jump that step and fall through it. That'd be amazing, I'd you know? I'd love to. 
<clears throat> I'd love to. Not unless you're Harry in the fourth movie or fourth book with the egg, and then he drops it and it screams. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and he can't get out. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I'm eating M&Ms. <laughs> That's all right. Was that, uh, was that all they had on uh, Hogwarts there, Katie? Yeah. Okay. It's short and sweet. No? Just like me. Except I'm not short or sweet. Me so. and Tiffany are both yeah. short. Tiffany and Quite I. sweet. Are you guys ready for Tiffany? We're like Sour novel? Patch Kids. We are sweet and sour. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. <clears throat> so we meet <clears throat> Argus Filch. Blah. Everyone's favorite caretaker. Ugh. Already? Okay. I just had to say. Go ahead. I don't like him in Harry Potter, and I really don't like him in Game of Thrones. What do you mean say. you don't like him? I don't like, like him. Like, he's a great character, so like you hate the character? Yeah. I think I just don't like the he's actor. He's just a jerk. Well, let's learn a little more about him, see why he is the way he is, because you also hated Percy and then changed your mind. I don't hate Percy. Oh, true. if I could drop my mic without breaking it, I would. <laughs> <clears throat> Pardon me. Well, that... That revelation is 100% thanks to Chris Rankin. Mm-hmm. So. I'm just saying. I agree. All right. So um, on Pottermore, they say he's the erasable Hogwarts caretaker who is forever waging war on students. So in his uh, profile on Pottermore, his skills are sniffing out mischief and his hobbies are prowling the halls of Hogwarts, looking for troublemakers, battling to have Peeves permanently extracted from the castle. Felt get a life. He has none. Find a hobby. He has none. Oh, I know. Continue. Okay. So, <clears throat> Filch spends his time at Hogwarts cleaning up, hassling students, fighting with Peeves, and basically chasing the Weasley twins. And then we find out that... <laughs> That Sarah's off the podcast. <laughs> Florence is the new Ravenclaw. Oh my god! Inside joke. Anyways, <clears throat> Sarah's many multiple personalities. <laughs> Hopefully, she doesn't choke on that peanut M M&M. and M. <clears throat> sorry if anyone heard her chewing it a couple seconds ago <laughs> all right so filch is described as being worse than peeves and on their first morning of classes ron and harry get on his bad side when they get lost in the out of bounds corridor um and so somebody that filch is always hanging around or sending to do his bidding is mrs norris and she is described as a scrawny, dust-colored creature with bulging, lamp-like eyes, just like Filch's. Um, her skills are sniffing out troublemakers. <laughs> is this uh, off Pottermore? This is off Pottermore. I, I love it. And her hobbies are doing the bidding of her beloved master, Argus Filch. Um, and then I found something on Pottermore that I thought was super interesting. Familiars. Never have I heard of that before until I was, yeah. I haven't either. Okay, so it's super short. So I'm just going to read it directly um, because I feel like that would be better than me trying to kind of get the gist of it. So this is J.K. Rowling's thoughts. It says, 
The concept of familiars has existed in British folklore for many hundreds of years. Familiars are animals, and then in parentheses it says, some say animal-shaped spirits, that serve a witch in various ways, whether as servants, messengers, or even spies. That sounds an awful lot like Mrs. Norris. Mm -hmm. Yes. Historical accounts of witchcraft make mention of familiars, such as animals, have been credited with supernatural gifts and even believed to be demons or the devil himself in disguise. I think many students would call her a demon. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, And then in the final paragraph, there's only two paragraphs. It says, familiars in the strictest sense do not exist within the world of Harry Potter. Although Hogwarts students are permitted to bring animals to school with them, the cats and rats we see there are, broadly speaking, pets. Ironically, the animal that acts most like the traditional familiar and in the entire series is Mrs. Norris, who belongs to the castle's only non-magical inhabitant, Argus Filch. And it is true that owls are sent as messengers within the series, but this is in the context of a highly organized postal service, not unlike Muggle Pigeon Post. Thoughts? This doesn't have much to do with Mrs. Norris, but it does have to do with Filch. Okay. Because I was telling you, I was reading about on Pottermore um, about the room of requirement, and he is able to use it. So I thought that was interesting that even as hmm. a squib, because he huh. it, it said something about how he um, oh, yeah. must have been up there looking for, he needed yeah. cleaning supplies, and he found a closet full of them. It can't right. be well, I wonder if you just have to, I mean, it's so... Essentially, you don't have to use magic, though, to get within the no, room. Just, it's all about your mindset. Right. It's so, you know, him being, I mean, yes, he's a squib, but I mean, he's a muggle. Am I wrong? No. Okay. You're correct. So, <clears throat> you know, I think that if a muggle could go in there and you tell them how the room works, they would also be able to access it. True. Do you think the reason why he's such like a meanie is because he's jealous of the children? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. I mean, and we'll, I'm going to get into that. Um, but before I do, Megan, do you think that, or is this, is it really true that muggles used pigeons for post back in the day? Yeah. Like, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. I'm sure people probably stole You never heard of pigeon post? I mean, I have, but I always just kind of thought it was like in books. Carrier pigeons. Well, that's a real thing. <laughs> that's cool. Harry Potter's in books, but he's real. Why don't we us? still do that? Because then maybe we could have owls. then there's bird crap everywhere. <laughs> and, and there's a thing called email that takes two seconds. <laughs> But it's not as cool. That's fair. Put a little person on yours and there'll be a little You know dude what? Send Megan, me your email. You go buy you a bird. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll await your, your letter. Okay. So, and then Katie brought to my attention an interesting fan theory in regards to Filch and Mrs. Norris. So I'm going to read that. Who's this by? Their name's blurred out. Hmm. Sorry. Isn't it just off Tumblr or something? I don't know. All these, all these are blurred out, but if this is your theory, uh, cool. Thanks for it. <laughs> all right. It says, what if Filch from Harry Potter was a young caretaker at Hogwarts when he fell in love with a young teacher? She was a witch, but Filch was only a squib and felt he wasn't good enough for a magical person. The teacher, however, was even more in love with Filch and decided that being with him was more important than being a witch. She recruited her best student to perform a spell on her to remove her magic in secret to surprise Filch. They scoured the restricted section of the library for a sketchy dark spell to remove magical abilities. Finally, after they found it, the student performed a curse on the teacher, but the spell went horribly wrong. Instead of becoming a squib, the teacher, Mrs. Norris, became a cat. And since then, Filch has always had a vendetta against students for what they did to her. 
They guard the restricted section relentlessly so no others will make a mistake like hers and they stick around the school in hopes that one day Dumbledore will discover the counter curse and they can go back to being lovers. I really like that. You like yeah. that? Blew else? my mind. Yeah. What do you it think? just seems very it's, plausible. Megan's yeah. not about it's that. It's okay right. if you don't like it. No. I oh, think you like that, it. I think that it sounds super legitimate. Mm-hmm. I just wonder... It wasn't going where I was expecting it to go. No? No, but I liked it a lot. I like it. Well, that's scary business. I think it's cool. Again, I love this fandom because of all these crazy things that people come Mm -hmm. up with. And it's like, oh, that could make sense. Yeah. Harry Potter fans are the best. Oh, they're the best. They really are. Mm -hmm. And I love how, like, J.K. Rowling is always, like, watching. And, like, she'll even say, like, the one that was... It had Snape, Harry, and Dumbledore as like the three people, like the three um, yes brothers. And she was like, oh, "Yeah, brothers. she's like that's a great theory or something." Oh like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Essentially yeah, yeah. being like, "Yes, it's true." Yeah, yeah. I love it. Like I love that she's always, yeah, she's always watching. Yeah. Well, she's not watching my Twitter because she didn't answer me. Just because <laughs> we're so cool, she can't handle us. It's like looking directly into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> You're right. <laughs> another god. another theory that she's confirmed through Twitter is that Ariana is um, mm. obscure, mm-hmm. an obscurus. You know what else that she's confirmed? confirmed that? Well, like we all, like we all like knew them. No, well, she like indirectly. No, but this did is it, right? she indirectly when? confirmed it because me somebody. Date. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, it was, was a close. While ago. It was close to when Fantastic Beasts first came out, so like probably last November, December. Hmm. But somebody tweeted her and said. I think that Ariana is an obscurus. Is this true? And she liked it. Then someone responded and said, oh my God, J.K. Rowling just liked that. Does that mean it's true? And then she liked that. We had this conversation. Yes. Oh yeah, we did. My memory is great. Sorry for the repeat, guys. No, I needed it because I don't remember things. (laughs) You you know what other fan theory that she proved was true? That I'm the coolest Ravenclaw. Get out. All right. I think that she confirmed that you're a Slytherin. A hard no. <laughs> I know my wand is a Death Eater wand, though. I know that's, that's what literally saying. what it's classified on the internet. Like on, if you go to buy them from Warner Brothers, Death Eater wand. All right, you evil girl. So I have Secret a lot. Secrets. I have a lot more about Felch. So we, f- so we don't find out this yet. We don't find this out until third book. Three. Prisoner. Yeah. Oh, no, I think it's Chamber. Is, is it? it? Oh, it's it Chamber is because chamber. Harry comes back from Quidditch practice. He's got mud all over him, and Filch is real mad. That's right. Like why we're doing office. the reread? <laughs> is that yeah. when the um? Because it's the vanishing cabinet and it is broken during that. Mm. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So squibs. 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 Shout out to squibs. Shout out to squibs. So all the information that I gathered was from um, Pottermore. So they're not quite muggles, but they're not quite wizards. So you can compare them. They're like the opposite of a muggle-born. Most have a stronger affinity with the muggle world, and they lead muggle lifestyles. (laughs) Sorry. Some cut themselves off from the wizarding world completely, and others live as allies to the wizarding world like Mrs. Fig. Shout out to figs. Do you like figs? What, what? Some live somewhere in the middle, choosing to work with wizards, but they're not exactly like neighborly or friendly with them. And they face the same prejudices that muggleborns do. So every time we say squib, you guys, it's a slur. Yeah. That's what, what they, she says. What do they call them? We're mean. Selves. I don't. They're probably just people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like we, 
Non-magic folk. I understand that, but like, is calling a muggle a derogatory term? No, that's mudblood. No, a muggle and a mudblood are two different things. Well, no muggle born and <laughs> mudblood. Those are that's the same thing. And mug, mudblood yeah, is know. bad. I guess technically muggle could be considered a slur, but like it's just such a commonly used word in the wizarding world that they don't necessarily view it that way. I'm sure racist people think that too <laughs> in real life. But what yeah. I mean is like, yeah. what would you call a squib? Like, what do they call themselves? Like, I'm a non-magical magical person. But, but you're not magical. Correct. They're, they come from a magical family. A non-magic with- person living within a magic family. That's a lot to say. That's me. Yeah. Anywho, let's move on. Um, so the word squib is a slur, such as when it was used against Merope. Merope. Whatever. <laughs> really? I've always said Merope. I don't it's like... Merope. Who? Who? Gaunt. Merope Gaunt. I don't like that. And even, even though weird. she was capable of doing magic... They still called her a squib. Because they were mean. I think they, they called her a it. filthy squib or something. They like did. That. Her dad was awful. I don't want to say Merope. Okay, well, so that is her son, stupid. isn't it? Isn't it weird? But it's Merope. At least according That's... to Jim Dale, it's Merope. Oh, he also said Canuts. <laughs> and he also says Osseo. <laughs> nope. Sorry. <laughs> Merope. But in, she's, she's Voldemort's mama, correct? Correct. So Voldemort's mama? Oh, is that what you said? <laughs> mama. She, baby mama, but not because it's... All right. It kind of is, though, because she, like, tricks Tom Riddle into loving her. That's that's another podcast, you guys. But truly, spoiler, it's going to it's it's that one's going to get deep and sweaty. I actually I just listened to that. So it's very fresh in my mind right now. I'm sure it is. I'm almost done with Half-Blood Prince, guys. Okay. Mm -hmm. Who's that? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Well, you didn't know the other time. It's uh, um, it's what is her name? Oh shoot, like Emmeline Prince or whatever. Yeah. Hermione thinks that it is. How do you know it's not a girl, Harry? Who is that Emmeline Prince person? She like finds this information on this like yeah, rando no. girl from Hogwarts and is like, I bet you this is her. And Harry's like, No, all right, it's Aww. not. Are we, are we going back into this? Yep. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so under the Minister for Magic, e- Eugenia Jenkins, from, she was minister from 1968 to 1975, squib rights marches began to surface. And I also said that like the 60s were a big time for protesting. Oh so And pure blood riots started. Interesting. I'm just going to say Interesting. she connects to present day unlike anything else. Yes. And that's all I'll say. Um, she's amazing. And mm-hmm. this was during Voldemort's first rise to power. And she ended up being ousted from that position because they thought her too weak Why? for the spot. Well, because Voldemort's rising, pure bloods are like, Hey, we're going to riot. And that kind of power ousted someone who was for the rights of squibs. So she was out. I mean, still just saying like, to have a woman minister for magic back in the Ayo. 60s, 70s, regardless of if they ousted her or not, is we know like the wizarding pretty progressive. Like, they yeah. had, I think it was the last episode, they had a woman minister in like the There's 1800s. There's been a lot of women. Yeah. 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 So, and then a fun fact that I found, <laughs> this was hilarious, and I was laughing at my computer, I was finding this. Squibs cannot be sorted by the sorting hat. And a man named Angus Buchanan attempted to crash a sorting ceremony. Like, he flew in <laughs> on a broom with someone to Hogwarts. Um, so the sorting hat's reaction, um, quote, it never happened before, and it has never happened since. But Angus got as far as the sorting hat before he was exposed. In sheer desperation, he threw himself ahead of a girl whose name had been called out and placed the hat upon his head. 
The horror of the moment when the hat announced kindly that the boy beneath it was a good-hearted chap, but no wizard, would never be forgotten by those who witnessed it. Angus took off the hat and left the hall with tears streaming down his face. And that was in a section, I know, and that was in a section um, called Scottish Rugby by Rowling on Pottermore. That's so sad. I feel so bad for (laughs) Angus. But, But, like, this rugby guy, like... Apparently, wizards really enjoy muggle rugby. Hmm. And it's because of this guy. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Oh, the Angus guy? Yeah. Oh, he was a Scottish rugby player. Yeah. Oh, I get it. (laughs) It was super interesting. Um, And then I also found out that a twin could be a squib. How do you say this? Esolt? I think so, yeah. Sayer's sister, Martha was a squib, but her other sister was a witch. And um, wow. Rawling said, quote, this proves being born magical is very much a lottery that we all lost. <laughs> what are you talking I'm magical. Or we're just not telling people. Yeah. Ooh. Statue of secrecy. You're you right. guys will never you don't know. know. You will never know. All right. And then I also, found, I'm sorry, like there was so much on squibs. No, this is awesome. Yeah, I read a lot about This Umbridge. is something I already knew because I read the ebooks, the small ebooks she put out. And this first one I read was about Umbridge. Umbridge's mother had a squib son. What? So Umbridge has mm-hmm. a squib brother? Mm-hmm. Yes. And her mom is Muggle. You didn't know she's a half blood? <gasps> we talked about this last I time. Did. And then Sarah said, Who's the half blood prince? <laughs> I did know that Umbridge was a half blood, but I guess it didn't click. Because, All the way. Like, because like Harry's a half blood, but his mom was a witch, you know. So I get what you're saying. You know, but he's still half blood, right? I Regardless know, of but that's mom. why I was saying I didn't know that. I didn't know that Umbridge's mom was not magical. All right, so um, so Squib's son, and it's one of the major reasons why her mother and brother split from the family. And then Squibs, we find out this later too. Excuse me. Squibs try and teach themselves magic with a quick, quick spell course. And it's a set of magical lessons for teaching Squibs. And this is when Filch loses his mind when he finds out that Harry sees his letter, even though Harry tries his hardest to like hide the fact that he had read the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then I, I took this. This is the last little bit I have about Squibs, which there's actually, there's more. There's more on there. And this is a direct quote, so I'm just going to read it verbatim. But squibs can still immerse themselves in the magical. So the life of a squib doesn't sound all too fun, but there can still be a connection with the magical world for them if they choose. After all, Argus Filch has a lot of trouble with the poltergeist peeves, but at least shows squibs can interact with the likes of ghosts. If another wizard is flying a broom, a squib can happily ride alongside them, which is exactly how Angus Buchanan got to Hogwarts. And although Harry isn't convinced Arabella Fig can see Dementors, she certainly describes their soul-sucking powers rather well and protests that she can. Whatever squibs can or can't do or see or can't see, they have more than proved their worth of in the wizarding world. Power to the squibs. Wands up for squibs. <laughs> that was a lot of information, but I yeah, feel... Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know any of it, though. Yeah, so if you, got, if you think, like, how... You have to think, I know Filch is awful. He's a terrible guy. He sucks. But think about he's living day in and day out with all these magical people. And they're doing and learning all the things that he desperately wants to learn and do. He is so incredibly jealous and so incredibly bitter. And we see this. We see these kind of behaviors 
like he just projects on the kids. Yeah. Sounds like Petunia. Sounds like Petunia exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's all I have to say about that. I'll, I'll <laughs> even say it sounds like Snape, who has so much bitterness. Yes. He just takes out on all. There's the a lot of that in this Harry. book. Poor these Harry, books. I just want to know like more of his backstory. Like what is what who his parents were and like what his family is. I think did that'd be interesting. Did he have any siblings? Yeah. Were they magical? You know, I don't think that that was on there. You didn't do your research very well, Tiffany. <laughs> is it on there? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> you had me thinking it was. Well, I'm going to run on a This episode of Swish and Flick is brought to you by LuLaRoe Kelsey Stockdale. Do you want another way to be comfortable while listening to your favorite podcast? Check out LuLaRoe Kelsey Stockdale on Facebook or at Kelsey'sUnicorns.com for a direct link to unique, comfortable, and stylish clothing for individuals of all shapes, sizes, and styles. Okay, so next up is all of the Hogwarts classes. Sarah kind of already went over this a little bit in the summary, but I'm going to go through it one more time. So we learn all the classes that all of the Hogwarts students take. First, we start out with Herbology, which is taught by Professor Sprout. Shout out to Hufflepuff. Head of Hufflepuff House. Are we doing this for everyone? Nope. <laughs> Kids, aka not Gryffindors. History of magic, which is taught by a ghost, Professor Benz. And in history of magic is where they supposedly um, mess up the difference between Emric the Evil and Uric the Oddball. It's students are described as confusing Emric the Evil with Uric the Oddball, seeing as one was a notorious dark wizard while the other was an eccentric who wore a jellyfish as a hat. <laughs> <laughs> this could have resulted in some entertaining essays. So I thought that I would tell you guys who each of them are. A little more in depth than just one is evil I'm and one so is excited. Eccentric. You should be. What? Emmerich the Evil was a notoriously aggressive wizard who terrorized the south of England during the early Middle Ages until he died prematurely in a duel with Egbert the Egregious. Egbert. Egbert the Egregious. 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 Why does all be incorrect? (laughs) Egregious. He is the first known wizard to have supposedly owned an abnormally powerful wand made of elder. This is likely to be the history to be history's first detailed reference to the elder wand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I did not read this before. When Emmerich was killed in the duel, Egbert took possession of the wand. What? That's nuts. Did anybody else know that before? No. Okay. No. So I why didn't. am I the only one making stupid sounds? I'm letting you, I'm letting you take the stage on that one. All and my I'll reactions the are the one. same. Hey. So quite the opposite of the cool story behind Emmerich, we have Uric, the oddball, who was a medieval wizard famous for his weirdness. <laughs> Uric the Oddball's highly eccentric behavior included convincing himself he was a ghost, wearing a jellyfish for a hat, and at one point listening to Fwooper songs for three months straight. Does anybody know what a Fwooper is? No. No. A Fwooper, and actually, I'm upset I didn't show you this, guys. Show you guys this. There's a Fwooper in the Magical Menagerie at Diagon Alley, and you can silence it with the magic. Because if you listen to the song, it literally makes you go insane. 
like if you listen to it singing. It's an animal. Yes. It's what a bird. Like? Oh, it's a bird. Oh. It's a bird. Um. Actually, there is a fwooper in Newt's case in the movie. There How do is. I spell it? I want to look at it. F-W-O-O-P-E-R. Fwooper. Can I just say, I can understand why they would get confused because if I was not reading it, I am like listening to it. I'm like, who? 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 <laughs> Emmerich? Which Eric, one? Who? It's super cute. Isn't it? Let me Google. It's a wee bird. How do you spell this? F-W-O-O-P-E-R. Oh, my God. Eric, the oddball, oddly enough, was sorted into Ravenclaw House at Hogwarts, and they are proud of his notoriety. Can I just say, trying to Google Fwooper, <laughs> the second thing down after spelling it correctly is Fwooper infection. They probably Ooh. meant like a whooping, like a whooping oh. call. Uh, that would be my thought. So, whoa, 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 whoa. The jellyfish wearing man was sorted into Ravenclaw. See the kind of trash that's in your <laughs> Hey. Hey, Luna. He is Yeah. He yeah. is also the subject well, of many wizarding joke punchlines. Oh. And despite seemingly never doing anything of particular importance, he was covered in first year's history of magic classes. His skills include the ability to talk himself into thinking or doing anything, no matter how strange or unbelievable. That's noteworthy. He also <laughs> he also was the wizard of the month in September of 2004 on J.K. Rowling's website when she used to do that, which I always thought was really fun. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, I was on it. Oh, Everyone. were you? <laughs> Uric means of or relating to urine. <laughs> <laughs> Ravenclaw! <laughs> and could be a phonetic joke on the name Yorick from the Shakespeare play Hamlet. That poor child. So he was destined for oddness his whole life. No (laughs) one knows if he meant to be the weirdest wizard of the ages or if it just came naturally. If you think about it, though, weird people do come out of Ravenclaw. Luna is kind of moony. Katie, Katie literally said that. Like, I know, I'm green. Thanks, Sarah. (laughs) Thanks for listening. No, what I'm saying is, were you saying though? It's that they're like loon, like oddballs coming out of Ravenclaw is what I'm pointing at. But truthfully, and in all seriousness, I think the silliest and strangest of people are the smartest. They're people. very, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, really? Yeah. Are you saying that I'm the smartest one at this table? Because we got, God well, I knows. truly don't think you're I'm a Ravenclaw. <laughs> that's not what you're saying. You're just saying the smartest people are weird, and I'm the weirdest one at this table. You, have you to admit seem that. to be very ambitious. And shrewd. Shrewd. You're gonna call me shrill, and I was gonna be like, "Get the hell out of my house!" <laughs> what is so bad with that? I don't want to be shrill. I think shrewd would be worse than shrill. <laughs> You're a shrew. I don't really know what shrewd means because it reminds me of a shrubbery. A shrubbery. <laughs> we want <laughs> merely a scratch wound. <laughs> Flesh wound. What did I say? Scratch wound? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next next Sorry. subject is charms with Professor Flitwick. Yeah. Transfiguration with Professor McGonagall. Gryffindor. <laughs> Defense against the dark arts with Professor Quirrell. Or Astro- squirrel as I like to call him. Astronomy with Professor Sinistra and potions with Professor Snape. Yep. Every time Snape. I read Sinistra, I read it Sinatra. <laughs> so do I. What class would you guys look forward to the most? Ooh, are we lightning bolting this early? Mm. I got it. It doesn't have to necessarily be a lightning bolt, but oh, you can go. It's defense, defense against the dark arts. Mm. Mm. Wait, but that's 
Are we talking about this year? First year? Just in general. Like, if you didn't know anything going into Hogwarts and you, like, knew your schedule, like, what classes you were going to be, what would you look forward to going to the most? Charms. I think I agree. Charms. Or potions. Or, I agree with that. Charms or potions. Mine would be defense or transfiguration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Transfiguration is hard. <laughs> Although, I have a weird thing about space, so I could skip astronomy. Why are you looking at me like that? What does I have a space weird thing about? Me freaks me out. Okay. I don't like to look at the awesome. stars. No. Space makes me think that I'm so tiny. You are. But tiny. it's so cool. I know. It is cool. No, I I, I really think I would have looked forward to potions, but then as soon as I walked into that classroom and had Snape for like two seconds, I would have been like, oh, okay. They'd be like guys, crying home to mom. Like, I don't like potions. <laughs> but seriously, think about how many people he may have turned off to that subject that could have been great potion makers. They could and, have been great healers. And that's why teachers mm-hmm. are so important. Yeah. Coming from a teacher's mouth. I'm just saying. I agree. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have a class that you would look forward to the least out of that list? Astronomy. Potions? Potions? Yep. Why? There's too many slimy, gross things I wouldn't want to come mm. up with. But I you get like, your, You have gloves. You aren't... Uh, to me, like a potions... And, and chemistry, in my mind, it's... it's um, one of those things where you have to like measure and like it to me, I correlate it with like cooking and stuff where I mm-hmm. love to cook. I yes. like to be in the kitchen Same. and I know that Katie is not when you like, compare no, it I like that for me. I don't want to do it, but yeah. question. Yeah. Am I coming as a muggle born or am I part of a wizarding family? It shouldn't I guess, matter. I guess a muggle born because that's what you would have been. Right. Okay. So probably, so my, my thought process here is, if I'm a muggle-born, I'm going to want to still take history of magic because I want to learn about it. But yeah. if I'm coming from a wizarding family, I probably already know a few things. So I'd be like, meh. I can see that. But I am, I'm a history buff in real life, though, which is kind of strange. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Would, you want to learn about Uric the Oddball? <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. The class I would least look forward to is astronomy because I don't like looking at stars. It really freaks me out. It's like one of those weird phobias. I think mine would have been history of magic. Yeah, because it's probably boring. I not not so much learning about it, but the way that he would be teaching it. Oh yeah, it, he sucks. Just reading what, out of a book. Yeah, and yeah. like yeah. You're, you you died not. and came back as a ghost to teach it. Like there's a yeah. ghost literally teaching this. You're not learning anything from Mm-mm. that. Mm-mm. The only person learning is Hermione, and she's teaching herself. Hermione. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I have for this all episode. Right. Can I just say, anytime that Harry or Ron complains about their magical homework, I just want to smack them because I would love to do magical homework. Especially Harry. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Well, neither one of them are dumb. They just lack the motivation. How? They have zero motivation. Would Harry rather be sitting with the Dursleys? Yeah. No? Then do your actually. I think I think what happens is early on... Well, we don't talk about this yet. Anyway... I mean, this is all reread, but I think he's so obsessed with like doing other magical things. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. All right. Always so, getting into trouble. Mm-hmm. At the end of their last week of classes on that Friday morning, every morning, Harry talks about um, how his owl, I almost said bird, um, Hedwig comes to visit him. He goes, he never expects any mail because really who's going to send him mail, but he gets a letter. And it's from Hagrid, basically saying he knows he has the afternoon off and he wants him to come for tea at three <laughs> down to his hut. Um, and so Harry writes back. He's like, yeah, me and Ron, we'll be there. Meet you at three, bro. 
<laughs> so That's my, literally what it says yeah. in the book. <laughs> so my question is, how does Hagrid know that he has the afternoon off? Like, he probably he checked ask? his schedule. Yeah, but like, is that common knowledge? They have physical schedules. I understand that. But like, how does Hagrid see his schedule? Do they have like a copy of all of the students' schedules somewhere? Probably. For, There's a staff room. For first years, I think every first year probably has the same schedule. And I was I wondering, I, I said, do all first years have it offered at Hagrid? Just look into it. Yeah, I think you have to take the base classes, and then once you get into third year, third year you get to start it, choosing. Just was yeah. curious. He's also been there for like how many years, so he knows pretty much like the rundown of everyone's schedule, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, but Harry's not been there for yeah, many but years. True. You don't think that the, I'm just curious. the class no, schedule question. changes year to year? I just think no. that I'm sure that Hagrid just looked at the first years or whatever and saw because because as harry says it's like the first year gryffindors always have this class at this time with like double potions yeah. with the slytherins or whatever yeah. i don't think hogwarts is changing stuff around <clears throat> yeah yeah you know what i mean just the staircases oh that was okay. good <laughs> And I'm like, it's, I said it probably made Harry's day. First of all, it's probably the first, not the first letter because he got his Hogwarts letter, but you know, one of his first letters from to get. Hedwig, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you know, to get it from Hagrid, we said in a previous episode that really that was his first friend that he ever really made, especially in the Wizarding world. So it gave him something to look forward to and provided some calm in a week that was so new and hectic. So I was like wondering yes. how he felt getting the letter. Stoked. It's so stoked. It's another example of Hagrid being a father figure mm-hmm. to Harry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And showing he actually cares. Yeah. yeah. Hagrid is so awesome. You know, Doing I love, this you know, reread, like, I just see again and again that father kind of figure. Mm-hmm. And to be that honest, I, didn't notice. I don't think that I really saw that until we started doing the reread. Mm-hmm. I don't yep. really know why I didn't see that because now looking back, it seems so obvious. But I didn't think of him as a father figure i always just thought of him as a very good friend but now that we're pointing these things out more mm-hmm. and more i'm like no that is definitely father figure-ish like i always yeah. kind of pictured Sirius and mr weasley um and even sometimes dumbledore more so as a father figure to harry over hagrid but yeah now i definitely see hagrid as a pretty big father figure yeah and i feel like she writes like dumbledore and Sirius as like the obvious thing that people would think, but like you're right. And going back in this reread, you know, you're just, you're seeing all these things that, that clearly, I mean, got looked over. I mean, I looked over that stuff, what seven times straight through and then countless times for individual book rereads. And you just, I don't know. Magic number seven. Oh, you're right. Very nice. <laughs> oh. I did it right this the time. The one time. <laughs> I was like, why are you reading that? But yeah, I mean, he's just, he he loves Harry. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So now we're going to move on to the potions master. We finally figure out who it is. Who is it, Sarah? Who is it? Mr. Severus Snape. <laughs> Snape. I had Snape. no idea. <laughs> So a few little stats about Severus, who I don't like his first or last name. His birthday is January 9th, 1960. He's a Slytherin in that he is the head of that house. His Patronus is a doe, just like Lily Evans slash Potter. Um, He is a half-blood, and you find out later he is the half-blood prince. He's extremely skilled at potions and occlumency. Is that how you pronounce it? Occlumency. Oh, occlumency. 
And then he died May 2nd, 1998. Um, he seems to hate everybody who is not a Slytherin, especially Harry. He calls Neville an idiot um, after he has a potions accident and criticizes everyone but Malfoy during the first double potions lesson. And then we find out that he hates Harry or really resents him because of who his father is. Um, and he, you can see him, um, he first calls Harry a celebrity and then starts asking him because he's like, oh, you're a celebrity. You must know all of this. And um, he says to Harry, he goes, what would you do? What would you do? Oh, my gosh. What would you get if you added um, powdered root of asphodel? Is that how you say that? Asphodel. Asphodel to an infusion of wormwood. And um, <laughs> there just... was someone that tweeted us. And let me pull it up because I have the tweet. Oops. Something I can't pronounce. Huh? The person oh, the that name? tweeted us. Yeah. And it's like J.K. Rowling's hidden Easter egg, um, Harry Potter facts. And it says, the first thing Snape asks Harry is, Potter, what would I get if I added the powdered root of asphodel to an infusion of wormwood? Krupali Ray. Sure. Shout At out. Krupali Ray. Thank you Thank for you. sending this to us. You are from Botswana. Whoa. Ooh, thanks really? for listening. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Very cool. And so it basically says, um, like, the meanings of those words and, like, everything that um, combined essentially means, like, I bitterly regret Lily's death. And so he was like, oh, is this true? And we didn't know. And so I happened to be looking on Pottermore. And it says, um, the answer can be found in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince when Professor Slughorn asks the class to brew the drought of the living death. Interestingly, this is just after Harry found Snape's... um, Potions book, um, the advanced potion making, and followed his instructions to, be pre- to prepare the perfect drought. And it says asphodel. Is that how you say that? Asphodel. Asphodel is a type of lily, and reme- it means remembered beyond the tomb, or my regrets follow you to the grave, while wormwood is often associated with regret or bitterness. So, yes, that is true that he's essentially saying he regrets Lily's death, which again, you find out later in the last book kind of like his whole story with her and how uh, he deeply regrets everything that happened. Mm -hmm. Do you, I just find it hard to believe that his Patronus was always a doe. I agree with that. Why? Yeah, I don't think it always was. I think it probably changed changed after, Mm -hmm. I feel like it changed when she died after she died. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. So what was it before? Lightning bolt. A rat? A rat? (laughs) I don't know. Okay. What 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 know. would it be? Probably a snake. What's something like a weasel? He seems oh, weasel. Yeah, a weasel. He's like not something so much oily weasel-y to me. Maybe a, an eel. I think it's a, a, a vole. Hey, <laughs> voles are cool. Are they? No. <laughs> I feel. I feel like it was a snake because he's like always snaky, going behind someone's back and. Mm. That's exactly what I was going to say. He's yeah. a spy. Yeah. He's a spy. He just seems like a snake. He's yeah. slippery. He was always yeah. a well, that's why he was slippery. Severus. At one time, <laughs> a spy for both sides, right? Correct. So it's like... Hmm. Is there hmm. an animal that's two-faced? Two-faced. <laughs> a double-headed <Coral>. snake. <laughs> that exists. Ooh. That's terrifying. Freaky. What if it was exactly that? Dear Joe. Dear, dear <laughs> Joe. Dear Joe. And Okay. 
And so he also, Snape also asks Harry what the difference is between Monkswood, is that how you pronounce it? Monkshood. Monkshood and Wolfsbane. Um, and it's perhaps a more poignant sentence when it's looked through a language of flowers. This is all on Pottermore, um, and we can put a link up to this article, and it talks about, it's a language of flowers, mm-hmm. I believe, is what the article is called. It said, monkshood is associated with chivalry, while wolfsbane can be mean misanthropy. Oh, no one else is looking because I have it up on my computer. Yeah, we can't see what you say. It looks, I think you said it right. Misanthropy? I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, which I probably am. (laughs) Um, Or a dislike of others. Here it could be said that Snape is comparing the heroic actions of Lily Potter with Snape's own distrustful nature, or even perhaps between Harry and the boy who lived and himself, which I actually thought was like interesting to think about um, how he's comparing, you know, his dislike of Harry and himself and all Mm -hmm. that other stuff. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. J.K. Rowling is just ridiculous. Oh my God. It's crazy. Jerk. Yeah. yeah, and I think that we could, we 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 will devote an entire episode to Snape. Oh, oh absolutely! Yeah. Oh, There's yeah. so much to be said about him He'll because as much as, yeah, yes, agreed. Like as much as he is, he's just Snape. so many sides. Yeah, and like you know, I I don't like him. I don't mm-hmm. like when people are like, oh my god, he's so great and he was so good. Really not that he great. did. It's one of those things. It's like yes, the end was well, but like. Do the means like justify the end? Your middle like, yeah. counts too. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's we will talk. We will have. Oh, maybe we, we'll Felix Files. That's what I think know, we should do. I, yeah. You know the reason why I think he'll get many episodes is because there's so I much. Mean, to clearly, say. we're talking in the sense that we've already read all of the books and we're trying to make mm-hmm. connections. But at the same time, I think that as we're going through the the read through, we're going to more so focus on certain parts when we get to it yeah. and try and save some stuff for later. Mm-hmm. So like gradually throughout the series, we just get pieces and pieces and pieces of Snape. And while I would love to just do like one massive episode and just talk about it all, which maybe we'll do at the end, yeah. I think that we should keep it gradual just as yeah, his character so is revealed to, to us yeah. because there is a lot of information on yeah. him. and. As much as I know that at least it's not an unpopular opinion in this group of four ladies, but it's an unpopular opinion in the Harry Potter fandom to not like Snape and not like that story and not like his whole arc. But I'm really not a fan. We'll set you all right. Well, well, <laughs> and, well and I even think within this table, though, we have different levels yeah. of correct of disdain yeah. Yeah. towards him. So. I mean, like, I'm not going to, I can't, well, and, uh, <laughs> it'll be, a, it'll be hours in this, in this chapter. All you really see is this guy that's coming in as a teacher and he's teaching all these first year students and he's children just mean children, a, a room full mm-hmm. of 11 year olds. Yeah. And he's just mean. And he's calling, he's being mean to Harry who doesn't know anything. He's being, and he's just, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And That's the word. He's being yeah. he's he's already having favoritism towards specifically Malfoy and the Slytherins. And mm-hmm. why? Yeah. Yes. And he's saying horrible things to Neville mm-hmm. and like just that's not the 
kind of, especially in a potions place where clearly anything can go wrong, where you are going to be so mean and start yelling at people. Like I know when I get yelled at, I'll, I start freaking out. Yes. Yeah. So like Neville is already kind of like a flustered person anyway. So now you're yelling at him and calling him an idiot and now he has boils all over himself. I just got really mad because I just connected something in my head. Go on. He knows Neville's parents and he knows that Neville's parents were tortured into insanity by Bellatrix and he knows how Neville grew up and he's still a complete beep to him. But literally though, like that's him. So all, all you know right now is a giant beep. (laughs) (laughs) He's just horrible. Yeah. So I just got so mad. I I just got really mad. Just a jerk. He's just a jerk. I can't wait to record that. And you wonder why like Dumbledore, Wants him as a teacher. And like, I, I still... Well, we know why he's a teacher. I mean, yeah, we know, but we don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I still don't really fully grasp and understand how or why Dumbledore puts so much faith in him. I mean, clearly he's trustworthy because through the end of the film, you know, like we all know how it ends. But in that same regard look at his past and like, can you really, I don't know. I just, that's why I think we um, need to talk about it in another episode. Yeah. We because really do. again, we'll be here till five o'clock in the morning. Still talking <laughs> can about, can we just snake. say what time it is right now? <laughs> 10 o'clock. It is 10, 10 PM. O'clock. <laughs> Oy vey. Um, but yeah. Okay. Let's, let's, let's go on. <laughs> I mean, I think it was okay to give him the amount of time we did because. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Is yeah. Called the potions master. Right. It is essentially so, his chapter. God, we, again, Our we, tangents we, have we, points. We yeah. could talk about him forever. 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 <laughs> Name that movie. <coughs> Meg. What? <laughs> you are eliminated from the table. <laughs> Sandlot? Yes. yes. High five. <laughs> I hope that she just not- watched it for the first time like last year. <gasps> <laughs> and we have to move on now. <laughs> so let's talk about Hagrid, my yes, favorite character. Samoa. Where character. does he live? Where does he live? In a hut down by the river. <laughs> 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 Tiffany, it's a lake. I was going I was going I for some S and All right. So Harry and Ron visit Hagrid for the first time. He gets a, a little letter from Hagrid and they go down to his small wooden house on the edge of the Forbidden Forest. It only has one room, and there's hams and pheasants hanging from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. I love a nice ham. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he has a kettle boiling over the open fire, and there's a big, massive bed in the corner with a patchwork, patchwork quilt, which I just think is cute. That is cute. He probably made that. I was wondering. I almost was going to ask, Does and I guess I will know. I wonder if his dad made it. Yeah, or did somebody oh, give it to him? Oh. You know? I know. Oh. Anyway tear so we meet <laughs> fang who is hagrid's boarhound are you okay yeah. oh Aww. our candle burnt out and much like hagrid fang looks much more ferocious than he actually is <laughs> like fozzy bear <laughs> shout out to fozzy <laughs> so hagrid oh what i never made that connection before what with like hagrid looking like he looks scary and so does Fang, but he's a bloody coward. <laughs> <Close>. Bloody coward. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So Hagrid, throughout the series, has questionable baking abilities. And we encounter it for the first time this time with rock cakes. And I kind of wanted to know what they were. So I looked it up. Oh, yes, Sarah. I was just going to say, I too have questionable baking skills. <laughs> Same here. No, you're good. So Harry describes them as shapeless lumps with <laughs> raisins that almost break their teeth. Oh, God. So a rock cake, also a rock bun, is a small fruit cake with oh, a rough boy. surface resembling a rock. It's a traditional tea time treat. And I th- I think they kind of look like a small scone. I was going to oh. say a scone. They must yeah. be like a scone. Oh, mm-hmm. God. They would be fruit cake. I tried to make a scone once. It didn't work out well. Oh, Do like other like wait so so other countries hate fruitcake too? <laughs> Actually, you know, there's a song. But truthfully, there's, there's a, is there a Christmas song? I don't know if it's a Christmas song, but it's an Irish song about like oh, fruitcakes. Um, it's so funny. I heard it once on like NPR or something. My dad was listening to it. I'm like, that's the funniest thing. So I've we got heard. Ireland. We've so got America. Insert random fruitcake song here. England. Yeah, let us Scotland. know. We'll put a little feed on Facebook. Do, let us know. Do you like rock cakes? Do you eat fruitcake? Do you know what fruitcake is? I've Do you it. use it as a doorstop year round? <laughs> <laughs> I've never Do eaten Do you re-gift cake. it every year? I've had a piece and it's straight up awful. That's all I've heard. Did anybody have the fruitcake frappuccino this no. past Christmas at Starbucks? Oh, God, I, think no. I tried yours. Not a fan. <laughs> I, I really tried. And the only reason why I got it was because I wanted the cute little sweater cozy for my... Frappuccinos it, in the it's winter. It's called a koozie. A koozie. Um, also, I don't know the last time I had a frappuccino, so. Oh, I oh my God, me neither. It's too cold. I, I like iced coffee, so if I'm going to do like a treat myself coffee, I'm getting iced caramel macchiato. This is completely hot coffee. This is about <laughs> Hey, you could have rock cakes with your iced macchiato. Yeah. Maybe we could try and create a rock cake frappuccino. <gasps> Let's just try to make rock cakes. I wanted good to. ones. I yeah. know. I, I fi- you found to? a recipe and I thought about it way too late last night. We'll vlog so, it. Yes, yeah, we'll, we'll make vlog it. And we'll tell you if it breaks our teeth. And then you can pay for our bills. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> with our Patreon account. Because it's all <laughs> <Go to>. bills. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so Harry and Ron tell Hagrid all about their first week. Um, they also love hearing Hagrid call Filch that old git. Yes. <laughs> as if they need any more reason to love Hagrid more. And Harry tells Hagrid all about Snape's lesson. And Hagrid just says, oh, don't worry about it. But Harry says, but he really seemed to hate me. And Hagrid says, well, rubbish. Why should he? And then, quote, yet Harry couldn't help thinking that Hagrid didn't quite meet his eyes when he said that. So that got me thinking, what does Hagrid know? Does he know about the almost romance between Lily and Snape and their mm. fallout? Or is he maybe just referencing the rivalry between Snape and James? Because that he would for sure, you can't not see that. Did you just say the almost romance between Lily and Snape? Yes. No, J.K. Rowling even said that she goes... Essentially, had Snape not said and done the things he did, she's like, that could have been a potential actual romance between them, like loving romance. Why are you questioning me? Why you both have (laughs) shot? She said it. It's canon. Just like Lily and James were in love and got married. Think about it. If Snape had not said, had not called Lily a mudblood straight up in front of everybody... I think something could have happened between them because at that time, James was still a big headed jerk and Lily had zero interest in him. The vibe? If Snape got his crap together, did not turn to the dark arts, I really think something could have happened. She literally said it. Rowling said it. I get that, that she said it. That is making me so nervous. Why? Because it's by me. Flailing her arms. Yes. <laughs> and there's an open flame. I just, the vibe I got from them though, 
mm. was that she was not feeling it. I know, same. Plus, he's gross. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> Looks aren't everything, Tiffany. It's about the person on the inside. Yeah, well, he's throwing out slurs. <laughs> plus, plus, he's gross. <laughs> Did I say it like that? Yes. Nice. You do know your husband's pretty gross. Oh, he's the cutest. No one says anything. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> anyway. So Hagrid changes the subject, and we hear mention of Ron's older brother, Charlie, a.k.a. Ed Sheeran. <laughs> and we learn that he's great with animals. So that kind of leads later into the whole Norbert dragon thing. Yeah. Yes, yep. it does. It does. Who's and Norbert? Norta. We don't know who that is yet. We'll find out. I don't know. The name just shadowing. to me, Sarah. I don't know. All right, and while we are at Hagrid's hut, we also discover that there was a break-in at Gringotts. Did you guys know we all broke out of Gringotts? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Down in Orlando. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Which, I mean, London. (laughs) That ride was so fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you didn't throw up on it. (laughs) And I didn't throw up. Forbidden journey, however. Wow. All right. So at the end of the chapter, Harry discovers that there was a break-in at Gringotts on the day that he and Hagrid were in Diagon Alley, and and they were also at Gringotts. What? <laughs> um. So I just kind of wanted to read the chapter. Uh, You're going to read the whole chapter. The Everybody article. The article from the chapter. <laughs> I know you want an audio book from me because my voice is amazing. Anyway, so. Um, The heading in the article is Gringotts break-in latest. Investigations continue into the break-in at Gringotts on the 31st of July, widely believed to be the work of dark wizards or witches unknown. Gringotts goblins today insisted that nothing had been taken. The vault that was searched had, in fact, been emptied the same day. Quote, but we're not telling you what was in there, so keep your nose out of it if you know what's good for you, said a Gringotts spokesgoblin this afternoon. Sassy goblins. <laughs> so sassy. And their emotions are not that of Chuck E. Cheese animatronics. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, consult a previous Felix file. <laughs> Best line from the entire Oh my god. Episode. So funny. So Hagrid. Did you guys know? Oh, go. Yep. Did you guys know that Chuck E. Cheese is getting rid of those animatronics? Why? They're great. They're gonna put <laughs> they're gonna put goblin ones in there instead. What are they putting in? Nothing. They're getting rid of the band. Sad day. Just what? saying. Wow. Sidetrack. Pour one out for Chuck E. Cheese. No, I think it's for the better. Oh. <laughs> um, so Hagrid like wasn't looking at Harry pointedly. And so Harry got the feeling that Hagrid knew more about the break in and the package. And then he knew more about Snape than he would let Harry know. So there's a lot of secrecy going on with Hagrid. And we find out later on that. Hagrid doesn't really keep that secrecy very much. That doesn't last long. Yeah. So um, when Harry and Hagrid met Professor Quirrell at the Leaky Cauldron, he was biding his time before he was attempting to steal the Sorcerer's Stone. And so that's, um, and this whole break-in is more foreshadowing into the future when Harry, Ron, and Hermione also break into Gringotts to secure the Horcrux. (laughs) So my question is... (laughs) Meg's being weird, and Tiffany's just trying to do her job over here. I can't. (laughs) 
I'm just dancing. So if Hogwarts is supposed to be the safest place, why would they even bother putting the Sorcerer's Stone at Gringotts and not Hogwarts? Because Gringotts is the next safest place. Did he, did, did, did it, was it just like, that's all folks. Really, I'm Porky Pig. Was there just there and then Dumbledore was like, ah, yeah, I feel Voldemort rising. Take it back. Like, why? I've got a good time. But truthfully. I think it was just good timing and luck. Dumbledore knew something. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think he someone had some sort of tip-off or something? Snape. He knows people. Snape. He sees people. Snape. Because Snape. Snape was Severus. Dumbledore. <laughs> no, but truthfully, like, so Snape was trying to prevent the stone. A lot of marital things happening here. <laughs> I just made a silly face at my wife. Okay. Um... I just feel like so somebody knew that Quirrell was up to something. That makes the most from sense. the jump. Well, Snape and, and, and yeah, and so Dumbledore must have known. Got up to something. <laughs> you would need to pause for like four full seconds. You don't want people thinking you're up to something. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to count your four seconds, but you continue. <laughs> Sorry. So, so uh, any thoughts, or do you think the same as me? I, I think, think I that Snape probably tipped him off. Mm-hmm. But actually... But why? I don't know. Did he? Because at that moment in time, did Snape even know that Voldemort was back in a sense, right? Like nobody really knew well, until... I, I don't know. Like when did they know? Because technically he wasn't back in chamber because that was just his memory. No, 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 no. They knew he was back at the end of Stone. Because he was there in Coral. But before that, did Snape know? Is what I'm saying. Like, did Snape even know? Oh, about know? Voldemort or about uh, Voldemort. Coral being shysty? Could you Voldemort. feel it in his little markety mark? Well, I don't Ooh. think so. Oh. Because Ooh. they didn't even talk about the He didn't the have marks. a mark to, like, they touch. W- well, right. No, the, but, the like, marks. maybe. I don't. Uh, how much. They but, disappeared when he died. Well, died, quote. Quotation died. Yeah, where's that? Because if you go back to Goblet of Fire, Mm -hmm. or rather jump ahead to Goblet of Fire right now, they say in there, Snape and Kakaroff say it's it's been getting clearer every day. But does I don't know if they do you think it completely disappeared? I think it probably would have scarred something that dark. Yeah, I mean I guess it was probably faded, but that's why I don't think that necessarily that played a role in them knowing because if that's true, then he would have had more loyal followers earlier than Gobble to Fire. Let's go to Katie and then I've got a theory right after you. Was Coral at this time? Possessed no. by Voldemort? No. No, okay. Because when they're in the leaky cauldron, um, Harry doesn't feel anything. Yeah, but is that a fact, though? He doesn't feel anything. He can touch him. He can shake his hand. I know. It's a true. fact that he is not possessed when they're in the leaky cauldron. Okay. He gets possessed after. after he fails to capture the stone yes. and Voldemort doesn't trust mm, him anymore. That's canon. Mm, that's right. Now, I where was, did you find that at? Potamol. I was going to say that maybe, maybe. Dumbledore would have, like, Sort of felt the Horcrux as he said that dark magic leaves traces, but true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Well, he still mm-hmm. maybe could have felt him once he, he well, was possessed. Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah, but for a tip off for Gringotts. Maybe oh, Quirrell yeah. got like shysty and they're like, hmm, he's acting different than like this. My theory before, touches like, on that actually, yeah. Yeah, like maybe just because he's Dumbledore's he good at reading Muggle people. studies before this year. Yes. 
Yeah, so maybe he they're like, oh, he's acting strange. Pre-getting pre um, Voldemort inside of him. You and I are one right now. Because <laughs> what I'm thinking is, is he did all the studying abroad in Albania and all that. Came back. I think he was a completely different dude. Mm-hmm. And I think Dumbledore, being the person that he is, I think he knows. And he... Is he good at legitimates? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. I'm just saying, guys. Him and, and both. Dumbledore is... I mean... I would say all knowing, but he, but he, he's, he's insanely smart and he's obviously talented in the magical sense. And I think he just knew. And then I think he put Snape on the mission to tail him, to figure it out, to try and be that, Hey, I was a death eater. Let's talk about this kind of that in that spiral. So I think what you're mm-hmm. saying, what I'm saying, same thing. Yeah. I also think Coral's very weak minded, so it probably wouldn't yes. even be hard at all for Dumbledore to question something. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Hundred percent. Let's ask some hard hitting questions. Anybody got any? Let's go to lightning bolt round. I have one. What scar would you like to have? <laughs> Didn't we already do this? <laughs> I think we did. <laughs> if you could pick a different um character from the books that we've met so far. It could be any single one, but you've had to have met them in the first eight chapters. Who would you prefer to um, teach you potions besides Mm. Snape? I think McGonagall. She just seems very level-headed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She seems like the best teacher that they have there. Yeah, I agree. She seems, like, strict enough to, like, help me stay in line. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But not scary like Snape. Right. <laughs> I actually, if if I could have Flitwick teach me everything, I would. Because I feel like he's... He's so cute. When you're a teacher, you have to be caring. McGonagall's caring. But she's hard. Like, her exterior is hard. And I feel like a lot of students get super intimidated by that. Mm-hmm. And it can turn a lot of people off. But I feel like Flitwick, as an educator... <sighs> is he's kind and he's caring and I feel like he would really like if you were to struggle I feel like he would really like take you under his wing and like really help you out so I agree with that I'm gonna go Flitwick good theory I like I like Like who let me think of who else we've met so far I think Filch could probably teach me a thing or two (laughs) could he (laughs) yeah my quick spell kit yeah I like McGonagall I'd say her but Speaking of Filch potentially teaching potions, do you think that you necessarily have to be magical to create potions? Probably not. I bet squibs could. Yeah. But isn't there sort of wand work with it? Not necessarily. Is there? Because no. I know he calls no. wand work foolish and blah, blah, blah. There'll be no foolish wand waving or incantations in the squad. <laughs> like that? <laughs> You sounded so much <laughs> like the Snape from the very Potter music. Yes. <laughs> I can picture yeah, him like coming in with his robe and he's like got his nose up. Oh you did that in Orlando too with your towel. It wasn't my towel. No, it was, was the it? bed the thing. Oh, you took the blanket off the bed. Oh, that's when I spit my water because I was laughing so hard. Good what time. was the question? <laughs> no, we already answered it. it. Was the oh? Who would you like to teach you? Oh, what? okay. I have one. And while it's fresh in my head, do you think Mrs. Fig can see Dementors? Yes. 
See them? See them. I'll say yes. Mm-hmm. I'll just say yes, probably. Tiffany's going to say no. I can I'm going to say no. Look on her face. She's a squib. <laughs> She's a squib. But squibs can do other magical things. I they think can she, be involved with magical things. I, but I, no, I think she can feel them. But and I think them. she knows what they do, but I don't think she knows what they look like. But maybe seeing a Dementor is sort of like seeing a Thestral. Dementor, so when Dementor. you see a Thestral, you'll have to see and understand death. And to see a Dementor, you have to see and understand magic. Where, yes, she understands it. She's been around it. She can't perform it. She can't do it. But she gets it. She's been, she's been around it her whole life-ish. So maybe. Sarah, you're so smart. I know. <laughs> What are some other questions we could ask? Shoot some questions out, guys. What did we learn? What did we learn? What would you do if you were in that potions class and some of that potion that Neville spilled everywhere got on you? Would you hit him? Would you hit him? Would you cry? (laughs) I would have yelled at Snape. I would would have been real mad. Yeah, who would you have been mad at? Neville or Snape? Snape? Both, probably. Would you have said that your father was going to hear about this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have. Uh, I have a lightning bolt round question in regards to Neville. How many times do you think he visited the uh, crap hospital wing? Yes. Well, twice in these two chapters. I know, right? <laughs> no one is thinking, like, think of all the times that he gets hurt. Yeah. Probably as much as Harry, but for totally different You're reasons. right. Yeah. You're right. Oh, man. What are, do you guys have any questions? Oh, I have a question for the cat people. How do you, how, how do you feel about Mrs. Norris? <laughs> she gives Would cats, you want to give her a kick? She gives cats such a bad name. I couldn't kick a cat. However, I could lock her in a closet. Lock her in a closet? <laughs> Oops. Oh Oops. Gosh. Sorry. I got a question for everybody. Instead of rock cakes, Ooh. what would you want to have with tea? With Hagrid. Is Hagrid preparing it? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh. God. <laughs> well, it's something really easy oh, to make. sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Some crackers. <laughs> Some cheese and crackers. Toast. Toast. package. <laughs> um, I would really like to have a cup of tea with him because his tea mugs are, like, enormous. Yeah. I think yeah. that'd be really funny. Yeah. Never-ending tea. Yes. I don't know. What goes well with tea that Hagrid can't mess up? Trumpets. Biscuits that have already been pre-made that he buys from Hogsmeade. <laughs> yes. <laughs> be like, go and tell the house elves, be like, can you make me a sam- peanut butter and jelly? <laughs> I don't, they don't really have peanut butter. Who? What? It's not as common over there as it is here. Oh, I didn't really? know if you meant like over there or like wizards in general. But I don't know. That's wizards so might not like peanut butter. Weird. Jelly. They have a lot of Nutella. So- Nutella and jelly. It's so common here, so that's a very mm-hmm. weird thing to not be common. Mm-hmm. I've never had Nutella. Oh, it's good. Oh, it's good. I it's know. good. I'm like in the. If you don't like hazelnut, you won't like it though. I love hazelnut. Oh, what? you would it's like gonna it. Change your life. You need to get make a piece of toast. Have some uh, Nutella. The old world will change. I'll do it for you guys. <laughs> Do we want to go to our fan story for the Let's week? Let's go to our yeah. fan story. Sure. So this week we have Sarah Brookhart. She said, I will start by saying that my first recollection of reading Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone was in second grade. Shout out to the year 2000. 
I chose to read it for a book report, and I remember painstakingly making a diorama of the flying key scene. Whoa! That's Do you have pictures? Oh, yeah. Send us pictures. I loved making dioramas for books in grade school. That was like my jam. I don't think I ever did. I went all out all the time. I I didn't even read books in grade school, so. Or high school. Oh my God, I loved it. You made the little scenes in the shoeboxes? I I, I know what that means. She said she didn't read books. I really didn't, though. First of all, I struggled learning how to read, and then I didn't like when people told me to read books. I read them on my own. Okay, Harry Potter. Let's go back. Back to Sarah. (laughs) I am Sarah. The other Sarah. (laughs) She said, I created each character and individually hung construction paper keys with fishing wire from the ceiling of the shoebox. I feel like at that time, I feel like, I feel like the time and attention eight-year-old Sarah to make and create that diorama is an accurate representation of the way Harry Potter continued to be ingrained in my identity. My sister, cousin, and I spent our days playing Harry Potter. My older boy cousin played every teacher, and we hopped from room to room in his house going to class and casting spells. That's that awesome. sounds like my That's life. So yeah, cute. I do that today. I was a child of Draco and Hermione, and my <laughs> sister was the daughter of Harry and Fleur Delacour. <laughs> such, <it>. such funny <laughs> pairs now looking back as an adult. That I, is... It's so cute. Yeah, it's awesome. And also, just like for a visual, Sarah has like bright blonde Draco hair, so it's so perfect. (laughs) I grew up as the books became more developed and increased the weight of its language and content. I used to reread the series every summer until working full time became important, and I hope I revisit them again soon. Maybe I'll read one chapter at a time with all of you. So thank you very much, Sarah. And I want to give a shout out to her... Um, her company is called Playing Crazy Button Club. Mm-mm. Meg, would you like to elaborate on that? Yeah, Katie asked me to explain it so that she doesn't mess it up for Sarah. I didn't want to mess it up. <laughs> so <laughs> if there's any Disney fans out there in our listening audience, um, Playing Crazy Button Club is awesome. Sarah d- does all of the designs herself. You get like It's like a subscription pack, basically. So you go and you sign up for like either a single pack or six month, nine month, 12 month. And you get three buttons that are designed like as a set and then a mystery button and a sticker that correlates with the set. And it's like super cheap. I do the 12 month subscription and like with shipping, it's $11 every month. It's so And they're cool. really cute. Like she's such a good designer. Um, and yeah, just go to plaincrazybuttonclub.com. It's really awesome. All right. Sounds really cool. Thank you, Sarah, for your story. Mm-hmm. Go buy some buttons, guys. Buttons. I've bought so Little many tops. buttons from her. <laughs> Where do you put these buttons? I actually just have like a little jar of them and then I swap them out when I want to wear some. I'll just like put a little collection of them together like on the little corner of like my jacket or my dress, whatever I'm wearing. Do you, you should do like a pins? display board. I should. Mm-hmm. I do still collect pins. That's cute. Yeah. I have way too many. I have a Harry Potter collection actually now since Universal makes yeah, Harry Potter a pins. It's a big it's a big thing. Yeah. As you would know. I would. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so make sure that you use our pinned post on Facebook to use for a discussion on this episode. I will post it on Sunday morning when the episode goes up. So post your questions, comments, concerns, etc., and anyone can respond and answer to everybody's questions or comments, and then the four of us will also respond to you. So go find us on Facebook. We're most active there and like our page to get all the latest info. We're Swish and Flick Podcast on Facebook or Swish Flick Cast on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Um, we are also, as as soon as, while, what? 
when this episode goes live, <laughs> we will have our Patreon set up. So if anybody is interested yeah. in going to Patreon, looking at the different levels that we have available, we've got some really cool things that we'll give you if you support us monthly um, with like a subscription. So there's different levels and then different things that you'll get based on how much you pay into it and whatnot. And once we reach certain goals, we'll release new content and new stuff that we'll be doing and cool new little side projects and all of that fun stuff. So go check it out to learn more about it on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, just so mm-hmm. that everybody knows how to spell it. And then if anyone wants any Swish and Flick swag, we have a store on Tee Public mm-hmm. as well. So check out our store at teepublic.com slash Swish Flick Cast. And that's where you can buy the shirts that you saw us wearing and all of our pictures from mm-hmm. Universal. Yeah. So if you want to match us, go buy some yeah. t-shirts. They have so many cool yeah. things on there. Like, oh, yeah. It's really nice about Tee Public is we uploaded our design and then we chose what we wanted the mm-hmm. design to be available on. So you can get a mug, you can get a notebook, you can get a phone case. I have the really mm-hmm. cool phone case. Hoodie, I'm, tank I'm so top. excited to get my crew neck sweatshirt. Mine's shipped. Yeah. Can't wait. I'll post so, that. And yeah. if you if you guys don't know what Patreon is, <clears throat> it's a way for um, you to support our podcast monthly and for you to really become a part of our podcast, you know, based on the levels that you'll um, be able to choose from. And it's just... It's just a way for you to help us keep bringing you awesome content mm-hmm. and exclusive little tidbits. So, and, and to be able to expand to do more things. Because, yeah. And do more things. Because, I mean, I, well, sometimes... Well, like, go places is what I Oh, mean. yeah. Correct. And um, sometimes people don't really realize and understand how much time and work goes into these. Mm-hmm. And it really is... I mean, it's fun and it's a blast it's and that's why yeah. we do it. But it really is a huge chunk of our time. Mm-hmm. And um, this will just help us be able to dedicate more time to it. So, yeah. I agree. It's great. And we'll, we'll post more about that. We'll post yeah. more about what Patreon is and what it does and then the levels you can choose from. So... That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. <gasps> Amazing! Just my voice! <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. Oh my god. <laughs> I got so confused. I thought you read my name. In my head, I heard Your name, name is Katie! <laughs> that was so weird. I got so confused. Can we start over? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <coughs>